Yeah, we always tell employers, look, we really want to work with you, but we can't work with you if you don't cooperate with us. We have a little bit of a nicer, smoother way of saying it, okay? But essentially, that's the message. So we tell them, look, if we don't have an answer on this candidate within 24 to 48 hours, they're gone. Hello, world. Welcome to another episode of The Hiring State of Mind. I'm your host, Taj Berger. On today's episode, we have a very special guest that I'm extremely excited to speak with and Cherry Estrin. Sherry is the CEO of Estrin Legal Staffing, and she comes with over 20 years of experience in the legal staffing and recruitment industry. Sherry is also a co-founding member of the Practice Management Association and the Organization of Legal Professionals, and most recently even received the Los Angeles Paralegal Lifetime Achievement Award. Sherry, congratulations on those achievements and welcome to the Hiring State of Mind. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Definitely. We're excited to have you. Um, on today's show, I want to discuss what's most important for you when you're hiring today. And I want to talk a little bit about your industry as well. Well, if you're talking about what's the most important if I'm hiring recruiters, it's if they know their, their topic. If you're talking about hiring candidates, oh boy, if I got a list. Uh, <laughs> I got a list. I don't take on everybody. Uh, first of all, um, second of all, I look for, uh, continuity in their job. I look for what we used to call spunk. Okay. I look for honesty. I look for somebody who hasn't hopped around a lot. Now let's talk about COVID. Everybody hopped around in COVID. And right now I have employers who've forgotten that firms let go and close down and that sort of thing. So uh, sometimes I have to get the employers to forgive them for bouncing around a little bit. I also look to see if they know their craft or they know their topic. Um, there's certain questions that I can ask being in the legal field. Okay, it's more than 20 years, but people are asking me when I'm going to retire. So I'm just saying 20 years. And I'm saying I'm a woman of a certain age. Okay, so, uh, but I've been around a long time. And I've also been in the law firm uh, for a long time. So, uh, and so have my recruiters. So we get it. Um, and also what I look for is desire. Uh, a lot of times I get a lot of burnt out candidates. So I'm looking, it's not that I blame you for being burnt out. But get over it. I can't use you if you're burnt out. I got, I got to have you go, go, go get therapy, go run around the block, do what you need because other employers are going to pick that up. So I'm looking for a whole host of things in my candidates. I'm also looking in the legal field. It's very important where you worked. Um, it's very much a caste system. Um, they have what they call AM law firms. That means American lawyer, the top 100 or 200 law firms in the world. So they won't take people from smaller firms. So I look to see that it's a match, uh, cultural, uh, in, in the, in their culture. And I look to see if their law firms meet, um, how can I say this? Well, is this business law firm as prestigious as that law firm? Because that means a lot uh, in the legal field. So that's pretty much what I look for. And I'll tell you what else I look for. Do they smile? I had a candidate the other day. She was top notch and she was so serious. I mean, Genius, I thought she died. And so finally, I got her to open up and I said, uh, Melanie, 
Maybe that's her name. Maybe it's not. But I said, Melanie, when you smile, you light up the whole room. Wow. Okay. Just give them a little bit of a compliment. Let them know what it's like. Okay. Because people hire people they like. It's not always about their skills. It's about whether or not they like you. So that's pretty much what I look for. 100%. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm actually an owner in a recruiting firm and as a, at a recruiting firm as well. And I can tell you this, that not only do people hire who they like, but people do business with who they like as well, right? So I'm sure you can attest to that being in the legal field and also not only that, but, you know, being an owner of a legal staffing firm as well. So sometimes I'm sure, you know, Taj, um, people just kind of shine you on. I've people using that expression still, I don't know, but they kind of shine you on or they, uh, they don't take you seriously. Um, they don't show respect. So now I'm at a point in my career. I only look at the work with clients I like. Cool. Well, let's jump into it. So, okay. And all your years of doing, you know, recruitment, staffing, and even being an owner for your own or CEO rather for your own recruitment firm. Um, I'm curious to know who was your best hire and why? Oh gosh, I've had so many. Um, okay, you stumped me. Who was my best hire in all those years? Um, oh, I know. I would say that it was a paralegal um, who had astonishing, astonishing credentials, so smart, knew her stuff and couldn't get a job. And the reason why she couldn't get a job was the way that she came across. So after coaching and coaching and coaching, I have a background in acting. So I, I know how to do this. Okay. This is the one thing I know how to do. Um, she got a job in an Amlaw 10 firm. That means one of the top 10 firms in the country. Okay. These firms make billions of dollars, not millions of dollars, but billions of dollars. Um, and since that time, she's worked her way up to director of, uh, of administration. Huge jump, huge. So I'm very proud of her. Very, very proud of her. That one was hard. And she had been looking a long time. And I had coached her because I thought, what what's going wrong? What could be going wrong? So sometimes it's just something very minor you're saying in the interview that puts people off. And we went over it and over it and over it. And I finally found what she was saying. And just one little sentence was putting people off. So yeah, I'm very proud of her. There are so many others that I'm proud of. Um, attorneys, paralegals, legal secretaries, I recall them legal assistants now, marketing, um, business development, accounting. I mean, we do everything here. So there's a whole, um, I can't just point to one person, but if they come back to me, then I know I've been successful. So I like Absolutely. that. Yeah. Nice. That's good to hear. By any chance, Sherry, do you remember what that one thing was that was preventing her from possibly closing the deals on interviews? Yeah, she wasn't confident. She wasn't mm. confident. So when she gave her answer, the answers were correct. But first of all, they were too much by the book. Okay. It was obvious that she was reading all the interview articles, all the interview books and giving um, uh, trite answers. Okay. So there was no meat to them. There was no meat. So, um, you know, what, uh, what do you know about this firm? Well, this firm is yada, yada, yada. Okay. Um, why do you want to be here? I want to be here because you're the best of the best. Nothing, nothing original. Okay. Nothing original. And it didn't show her confidence in herself. And so it took a lot 
it took a lot to go through that and, and, and dig, 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 dig. We spent a lot of hours, but I had a lot of faith in her, a lot of faith. What was it? I'm kind of curious to know on your end now, what was it about her that made you have so much faith in her? Was there anything specific that stood out about her, whether it's traits, characteristics, qualities? All of that, all of that. Uh, and I liked her. Okay. I believed in her and something goes off in me when I see a great candidate and it's not going right. And recruiters have given up on them or they, they, you say, how many resumes have you sent out? One of my questions is always, how is your interview process going? Um, a lot of, um, and where are you interviewing? I never ask where are you interviewing because I like the candidate to give that to me. A lot of recruiters ask that because they want, they're going after job orders, right? I mean, let's, you know, oh, Acme and Acme, they've got an opening. Well, I'll go right after that. I ask because I want to know where they are in the interviewing process. How much time do I have with them? But when I see somebody who says, yeah, I've been looking since August and now it's December, something's wrong. And I know this is a good candidate. So I'm, sometimes I'm like a, a, a dog with red meat, you know, in his mouth and he's just, yeah, he's not going to let go. That's how I get. That, that's really how I get. I get very involved in my candidates. Nice. So as a, obviously a legal, legal staffing professional, um, you know, being a, a staffing professional myself, I'm kind of curious to know what challenges you experience in your market from a hiring perspective right now. Right now, um, the, uh, let me give you some boring statistics, but they're, they're very important in the recruiting field. And that is um, right now, as we're talking today, unemployment is 3.7% across the country. In legal, it's less than 1%. So what that means is there are eight or nine jobs, eight or 10 jobs for every single candidate, whether or not it's the right one or not. But there are eight or 10 jobs for every single candidate. So if my clients don't move quickly, and a lot of them don't, they, they have attitudes, they have egos, they think, oh, well, you know, we're wines, wines, and coffee. They should be glad they even get an interview with me. But what happens is those candidates are gone in 10 days. Gone. That's it. They're getting multiple offers, counter offers, and sometimes they just decide uh, to stay where they're at. Uh, or what it does is if you headhunt them, because we do the old-fashioned headhunting here, we don't just put an ad in Indeed and post and pray, okay, but we go one by one by one, then they get it in their head, and now they're all over the place. Okay, now they're at every agency, at every firm, uh, so you, lo you lose control. So it's not that I'm not getting good candidates, I'm getting very good candidates, but the number of candidates that I'm getting not so much. So it's very important that you be right on target and that your candidate has to believe in you. They, they have to believe in you. Um, otherwise, you're just a recruiter. I don't want to be just a recruiter. I want to be somebody that, you know, I, I get a lot of job satisfaction when I place somebody because I've, I've helped change their career, right? Uh, and I've helped out the firm uh, who... Sometimes they need a lot of help in, in in finding people. So I get a lot of job satisfaction out of that, I've got to admit. Yeah, I've always said, Cherry, that being in this industry, you know, it's very rewarding in the sense that you're helping companies hit their goals. And then you're also helping put food on people's tables, you know. So, you know, very rewarding industry. And it's an industry that has kept me in it for as long as I have been in it for that reason. You know, what I really like right now is in California, and I think uh, 12 other states, you're not allowed to ask 
um, what the candidate's salary is anymore. And that's going to be popular all over the United States eventually. And the reason for that is they're protecting the working mother. Okay. And so, uh, and they're also protecting women in the workplace. So let's say you're making a hundred thousand a year. You tell that to an employer. So they're going to say, well, I'm going to give you 105 because they only want to go up so many, uh, increments. And that keeps the glass ceiling in place. Okay. Because they're not paying for what the job is worth. So I get a tremendous amount of satisfaction that we have to first ask the clients, what are you willing to pay? What's your, what's your, what's your salary target? And when they say, Oh, it's a hundred to 120. And then I say, what kind of wiggle room do we have? Hey, what, cause you can, there's always room in the budget, isn't there? There's always room in the budget or there's a hiring bonus or there's a, there, there's something in there. So. I get a tremendous amount of satisfaction when I get the candidate paid what they should have been paid to begin with. And I'm a big, um, our producer here will tell you, I'm a big woman's advocate, right? And I've struggled a lot, a lot um, uh, for my place in the marketplace. Uh, so, uh, I get a tremendous amount of satisfaction out of the way the laws are changing and the way that we're finally just a little bit, not enough, beating the glass ceiling. And I like that. A hundred percent. I can see that being very rewarding as well. So very rewarding. Great. Now I know I want to rewind a little bit. You also mentioned that, you know, in where you are right now in your industry or even in, you know, in California, it's 1% as far as the unemployment is concerned. So you find yourself seeing a lot of employers taking a lot of time to yeah. make a decision when they are looking to hire someone. So we often ask every one of our guests that come on that comes onto the hiring state of mind, hey, what piece of advice would you give job seekers today, right? I want to switch that a little, a little bit today. And I want to ask you, what piece of advice would you give employers you know, are looking to hire right now. Yeah, we always tell employers, look, we really want to work with you, but we can't work with you if you don't cooperate with us. We have a little bit of a nicer, smoother way of saying it, okay? But essentially, that's the message. So we tell them, look, if we don't have an answer on this candidate within 24 to 48 hours, they're gone. That's it. You can't count on us uh, to be able to present that candidate because they won't wait. I have one... Um, uh, excellent candidate at a uh, number nine firm, uh, or I should say top one of the top 10 firms, because if I say number nine, they're going to know who they are. But, uh, uh, and this, this, this firm, they, they handle fortune 500, fortune 100 politicians, celebrities. That's what this firm does. And they have kept this recruiting coordinator at, I think she's going for $110,000 a year, highly qualified. They've been keeping her waiting since August. And what we're talking about here is the client experience. And in my field, in the legal field, it's a very small market in terms of everybody knows everybody. So what happens is when employers act that way, what happens is word gets out to the candidates and they'll say, ah, you know, I applied to uh, uh, Acme and Acme and they kept me waiting five months. I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't go there. So what happens is the employers start getting bad reputations and they don't realize that. And particularly a number uh, of the firms that I work with, 
these attorneys come from Harvard, Yale, Stanford, uh, and they only interviewed the top 10% of the grade. And out of the, uh, and, and so they only offer, uh, jobs to people who are in the top 10% of the top 10, uh, law schools. So sometimes that leads to an attitude. Uh, not always. I, you know, there's so many wonderful people out there. I'm not knocking my clients. Don't get me wrong. I don't want letters, but, um, uh, but sometimes they forget that they're not the be all end all. Now, in the recession, that was a horrible time when uh, law firms and corporations could take their time, right? They could take their time because there weren't enough jobs. Not the case. So in my experience, you've got to swing with the market. You know, it, 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 it comes, it goes, and you've got to swing with it. And as a recruiter, you have to be flexible enough to spot it ahead of time. Here's what's coming. Here's what's coming. Yeah, I, I would also say that, um, you know, like we tell a lot of job seekers, you have to be very adaptable in our in the industry, right? Uh, it's no different when you're an employer as well. So Sherry, I'm also kind of curious to know as well, I know you've been in the staffing and recruitment industry for over 20 years. Um, and I know the staffing and recruitment industry to be a roller coaster. It has its ups, it has its downs. So I'd like to ask you, what has kept you in the industry for as long as it has been? Look. There are a number of things, okay? And we don't want to go into the Sherry Buddy Estrin story so much, okay? And that really is my middle name. My parents had a great sense of humor. But what's kept me, um, I do a lot of speaking engagements, and I don't do anything of any substance anymore. I do content-free rah-rah. That's what I do, okay? And what I always say is you got to get up in the morning and love it. You can't be crying in the shower every morning. And if you have a job where you get up in the morning and you love it and it doesn't seem like work, okay? And sometimes it is work and there's a lot of stress. Let's not, let's not, I'm not a Pollyanna here. Um, but you got to get up in the morning and love it. And that's what I do. I get up in the morning and I love it. Um, and I've had some uh, positions. I was a senior vice president in a, in a $5 billion corporation, uh, legal staffing corporation. I ran their national division. I had offices all over the place. I had um, hundreds of people rolling up to me. I had a, uh, I know you'll love this. I had a house in Pacific Palisades, which is like the Beverly Hills, okay, in Los Angeles. I had a Mercedes in the garage. And most of all, this gal from the from the San Fernando Valley, I had a credit card to Neiman Marcus. I was set. Okay. I was set. I thought, all right, this is it. And I cried in the shower every morning. It was the most miserable job I had ever had. It didn't matter how much they were paying me. It just didn't matter. What had happened is they had bought my uh, first company. Uh, and then I had to run their division for them or actually build their division for them. I, it was the worst experience I ever had. I walked away after a few years uh, from that job. I left a lot of money on the table, a lot of money on the table. I remember I walked, I was walking in the uh, airport going one more time down to Fort Lauderdale, which is something that could have been handled on email, right? Uh, but they're, they're bringing me in on the um, midnight flight so that I can make a 7 a.m. Uh, meeting East Coast time, which is what, 4 a.m. in the morning for me. But okay, I'm a good sport. I'm a good sport. And I remember I just called my attorney and I said, Barry, get me out of here. Just get me out. Do whatever you need to do. Break that contract, but get me out of here. So I always look at that. And, and you can say, 
Uh, you've had some of the so-called best jobs in the world, but they're not really the best jobs in the world. They're not. So you have to do what's right for you. You have to, um, you have to really understand what your needs are, what your hopes, wants, dreams, and desires are, and go after them. It's that simple. Absolutely. No, that's good. That's a great, great answer. And also good feedback to, to the audience that I believe is listening on this, you know, listening to our show, because I'm sure there's a lot of people that are even job seekers, right, that are looking for that next career opportunity and trying to decipher what's most important for them, whether it be money, or whether it is work life balance, or whether it is, you know, being able to enjoy what they do when they wake up every morning. So the one thing that I find when I, I always, one of the questions that I always ask in my interviews to a candidate is what's your ideal job? And inevitably nine out of 10 will tell me what they don't want. They always tell me what they don't want. Well, I don't want to be in a a large firm. Well, I don't want to work 60 hours a week. Well, I don't want, what do you want? Okay. And most of the time they don't know. They really don't know. They'll give me things like, I want a good culture. Well, yeah. I want teamwork. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, we all want that. But what do you what do you really want? You want you want a firm where you can be hands-on, where you can go to trial, where where um your work is appreciated, where you can advance. I mean, what is it that you really want? Don't give me the same old, same old. It doesn't mean anything. It's kind of like, it's kind of like somebody saying, bless you when you sneeze, right? Do you really mean God should come down from the sky and bless me, right? I don't think so. Maybe for some people, I don't mean to alienate anybody who's religious here. I really don't. But generally, you really don't mean that. So don't give me, I want a good culture. I want a teamwork. I don't know any firm that's going to tell me when they're giving me a job order, we have a bad culture here. I don't know any firm that's going to tell me we don't have teamwork here. I, I don't know. It's just rhetoric. Okay, so give me something that means something and explore what really means um, what really means something to you. You have to do that. I was an administrator in a, a top 10 law firm, and um, I realized that prior to that, I had a theater company. Okay, I was running around the country. I was doing Broadway reviews. I was, you know, I was going to be this great Broadway star. Well, that didn't happen. That was $50,000 worth of voice lessons right out the window. So I went into the legal field and I, I became, I worked my way up and I became this administrator in this top 10 law firm. And I realized that A, I loved being the entrepreneur. I loved putting my own um, shows together which is what this was, okay, in the law firm, that's that's what you're doing. I loved doing that. I loved being an entrepreneur. And what I really liked the best out of my job was the recruiting part. I loved that. I absolutely loved that. So then I thought, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? Let's go for what, what you really like. True story. I took $2,000. True story. Okay, it was a few years ago. I took $2,000 to open my first uh, agency. And I took $2,000 to live in. God forbid I should buy, you know, I should start buying Starbucks or something. And I opened my own um, agency on $2,000, built it up. And in two and a half years, I was doing $5 million, actually a little bit more than that, revenue. And this $5 billion company came and bought me out. So um, what, what I'm trying to say is know yourself. Okay, know yourself. Don't latch on to what somebody else is doing. 
don't even listen to what anybody else is telling you, right? The, the one good thing that my mother always told me, right, was you can be anything you want to be. All right. I couldn't be the Broadway actress. I got that part. And besides, you have to sing on key. Okay. 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 I get that part. But you can be anything you want to be as long as you know yourself. And right. sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes yep. it does to find out. Yeah. Great answer. Kind of leads me to my next question, too. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, obviously, as CEO of your own firm, what, what experience do you try to aim to provide to your clients? My knowledge of the legal field. Um, I know it inside out. Now, real estate, I buy high, I sell low. I still don't get it. Okay. Still don't get it. However, the legal field, I know inside and out. I read everything. I go to every conference I can go to. I, uh, I have a blog that attracts 10 to 20,000, uh, people every time I write. I've written 10 books. So, um, I, I was just interviewed by the Wall Street Journals, uh, CBS News, Fortune Magazine, Forbes.com, um, and some very prestigious, um, uh, legal trades. So what I bring to them is knowledge. That's what I bring to them. And if I don't know it, I know where to go to find it. And if I don't have the answer, I'll tell them. I don't have the answer for you. But what I bring to my clients is knowledge of the field. Um, and I think that's more important than anything. A lot of uh, agencies will hire somebody in a specialty that doesn't have that background. Um, that doesn't always work. Yes, you can learn the terminology, but you don't have firsthand experience, right? You, you don't have that. So I think that's the most valuable thing that I bring and my staff, my team, who I love to death. Um, couldn't do it without them. Could not do it without my team. Um, and that's what we bring. We bring knowledge. Absolutely. I'm guessing you probably hire, obviously, permanent hires as well, but also maybe contract employees. Am, am I wrong in saying yeah, that? Right, right now, my, my, my temp division isn't as big as I would like it to be. And there are fewer requests actually in my field for, uh, for temps right now, only because of automation, only because uh, of computers, software programs. Um, but my, my practice is primarily direct hire. And for 2024, we are going to expand that temp division uh, very definitely. And we also we also uh, uh, put out uh, contract attorneys, so that's a whole different whole different ballgame. Where uh, basically what you're getting is a temp attorney. That's what you're getting. Yeah. In, in your eyes, why should a job seeker value a contract opportunity or a temporary job? I don't know that they should. Um, truthfully, um, inevitably, it leads to some kind of problem. Okay. Um, it could be a good uh, transition period for you. Maybe you got laid off so you, and you need to work. So you take a contract position to, to tide you over. Um, maybe you've got, uh, you're a dad or your mom, you've got kids at home and you can't really commit to 60 hours a week, which a lot of these law firms require. Um, so there are a lot of reasons why you should do it. But the end result is, in my field anyway, if you are doing contract too long, you can hardly ever get a full-time position because the attitude is, well, you're not going to stay long. You didn't stay long. You know, you've been 
learning around here and there and there and here and there. So you're not going to, you're not going to stay long. So when I see temps or contract attorneys who have been doing this for years and years, that now they want a full-time position, it's not that they can't get it because you can. And remember, I said you can do anything you want, right? But it's very, very difficult. And unfortunately, there's a lot of bias, a lot of bias on that. So there's an upside to working temp and there's a definite downside. And again, you have to think in terms of what's my end goal? What, what do I want? And I always advise uh, candidates, um, it's that old question again, you know, the same old, same old, where, where do you want to be in five years? Oh, I want to be a director of uh, human resources. Okay. How are you going to get there? They don't know. They have no clue. No clue. How, how they're going to get there, but that's what I want to be. Well, sure. Uh, I want to be the greatest baseball player and get $700 million, right? Uh, <laughs> but that's not going to happen. Uh, not, not in my lifetime anyway. So yeah. So that's the advice I give. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I'll, I'd like to share with you kind of like my mindset, because obviously we're hiring temporary employees as well, and even contract employees. And you know, the one thing I'll say, and I tell, I tell my staff this, is that everything is temporary and nothing is temporary. And what, what that means is, essentially, if you're a good employee and you actually get in a temporary position, as an employer, as a fellow employer, I'm sure you can attest to this, if you find a good person or a good recruiter to work on your staff right now, and they come in as a temporary employee, and they're just exceeding expectations are you really going to let go of that individual probably not probably not no probably yeah. not you will find the money to keep them on exactly so i think most employers yeah. operate that way and you know right. really no position if you it all, it all depends on you and your performance right mm-hmm. no position is really temporary but it can be yeah. temporary if you make it temporary yeah i mean there, there's always the excuse we don't have the budget mm, go back and take another look that's what right. I tell my clients. Go back, go back and take another look. Okay. You'll find it somewhere. There's always room in another budget that you can transfer over. There's always, uh, an exception to the rule. And in my field, what we have primarily are revenue generating producers. So if they're producing revenue, why wouldn't I hire them? Why wouldn't right. I hire them? They're profitable for the, for the firm. So. Right. Um, it, it, it depends and it also depends on the mindset. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think also just ca- caveat in that as well, you know, you could very well go into a position that's permanent, stay there for a year and be unhappy to your point, And that's a temporary role now. So, you know, it, it, it's, yeah, you know, when, when, I, when I tell my most miserable candidates and I got some most miserable candidates, particularly attorneys, because they think this is going to be law and order, right? They've been watching TV so long. They think it's going to be law and order. And instead, what they find is they're up in some ivory tower doing research and never seeing a client, never going to trial, right? Look. You have to view this. Don't, first of all, don't quit your job. Don't ever quit your job, no matter how miserable you are. But look at this as a temporary situation because you're already doing something about it. You are solving the problem. So the situation that you're in is only temporary. And that's how you need to look at it. And I think that gives them a lot of relief because a lot of times you it just seems endless. I'll never get out of here. I'll never get out of here. 
Or what happens in my field, particularly with paralegals, very interesting, they're overly loyal, overly loyal. Um, they don't want to quit because what will the firm do without me? Uh, hire another paralegal. I got news for you. You know, you're not indispensable. We love to love you, baby, but okay, it ain't going to happen. You could move. And I always say, I always, always, always say a job is not a marriage. At some point you move on. And it's true. At some point you do move on. Yeah. Very, very true. So for you on um, being in the market that you're in now, what do you see ranking high for job seekers today? Is it salary? Is it work-life balance? What, what, is, what do you see? Depends on how old you are. The Gen Xers want work-lifestyle balance. And then the employers who are uh, not exactly Gen Xers are saying the Gen Xers don't want to work. Okay. Um, I had a client just the other day who said uh, uh, to a candidate, we can't get our people to work. They they don't take the firm as being the first thing in their life. Well, you know, hey, fella, times have changed, right? Uh, times have changed. So it depends on your generation. Um, Gen Xers, uh, they, they really want work-lifestyle balance, and I always hear that. On the other hand, in my field, um, it's about uh, for the revenue generating producers, it's about how many hours you bill. So if if you don't bill a whole lot of hours, you're not going to get a great raise. And particularly, you're not going to get a great bonus because all the law firms, almost all the law firms pay a nice bonus at the end of the year. Um, so if you don't do that, you're not going to make it in a lot of firms. Now, I had a, a talk with one of my favorite firms, another AMLAW firm, uh, and I said, to the, the, the chief talent officer, say, Jim, I don't think you should be advertising work-lifestyle balance, <laughs> okay? Because if you're an associate, all right, and you're not cutting, you know, uh, God, 2,000 hours a month, which is a lot, right? Okay, that's a lot to bill, to bill. Um, you don't make it. How about if we call this family-friendly, so they agreed to call their firm, not, they stopped calling it work-lifestyle balance because that wasn't true. And what they did say was, it's family-friendly. You got a dentist appointment, you can go. Your kid has a baseball game, you can go, okay? Um, not to say that family-friendly isn't discriminating against single people because it is, but uh, we'll find another... <laughs> <laughs> There's another phrase out there somewhere. I'm sure of it. And if any of my listeners here or your listeners here can think of something, please write in. Okay, please write in with a new with a new phrase. Love to coin a new phrase. So that's that's about where it's at. Biggest demand: work lifestyle balance. Um, Salary is interesting. Not so much. Not so much. Yeah, we're seeing that be a shift. Uh, you know. For to your point, a lot of Gen Xers, you know, they're not so concerned with the salary anymore. And it's more so, hey, you know, I want to be able to like look at my phone at 5 p.m. and sit on my couch or go out with my friends, whatever it is, and really enjoy my life. And, you know, when I was, you know, in the workforce and even working, that wasn't a thing for me. It was more so like working from like 7 a.m. to like 7 p.m. at night. So, oh, and even you and I have a lot in common. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we kind of have to be that way as owners uh, in the in the industry that we're in. So 100%. And particularly if you're working national, you know, I uh, my, my company is not uh, just California-based. It's national. I have just as many clients in LA as I do in DC or New York or Atlanta, Chicago, uh, San Francisco. So we're always on a different time zone. Um, 
And I did place somebody, I now can call myself international because I did place an attorney in Bahrain. So I can now say I'm international. Uh, and that was getting up at two o'clock in the morning to talk to these candidates, right? Uh, but I sure did learn a lot and it sure was a lot of fun. So Sherry, I've always been curious to know when you're either recruiting or you're dealing with clients, you know, on an international level, is there any differences that you um, experience as opposed to maybe just dealing with someone local in your market? The way they treat you. They treat you with such respect. Oh my God. It, it's incredible. Um, not only do they get right back to you, but it's always friendly. There's never an edge to it. Um, they don't have that um, A personality, the litigators, uh, you know, the, who think they're still in court arguing a motion or something, right? Um, the biggest difference was um, they do get right back to you. Um, they're concerned. They ask the right questions. But the most important thing to me was the respect that they give you. And also with the attorneys that I was dealing with, because I was um, uh, I was working with attorneys from Milan, from uh, Berlin, from Paris, from uh, all over Europe. Um, and it was the same way. Extremely polite, extremely respectful. And that makes you feel good. You know, that makes you feel good. So that, that was a huge difference. And to our point earlier, people you want to work with. Oh, yeah. I would, I would do it again. I mean, the problem is their salaries are so low that I can make a whole lot more money placing, uh, you know, an AMLA attorney than I can uh, placing somebody in, in a, you know, smaller country. But they gave me a lot of job satisfaction. Right. You know, it was so much fun. And I learned so much about the different justice systems and what fit in because I didn't know. I, I, I had no clue. So um, and they were very patient with me. You know, and they sought me out. I didn't go after them. So they uh, they sought me out. So I thought, mm, I can't turn this one down. That's, right, right. <laughs> that's no way. But it, it was successful and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Love it. Last question I have for you. Uh, okay. You probably get this question a lot from from potential clients or clients, but what differentiates your firm from any other recruiting firms in your market? There's a lot. First of all, um, it's who I hire on my team. Okay. Um, second of all, we produce a lot of content so that what we're doing is we're teaching. Okay. Uh, we're teaching the community. Um, we're not just there just to be, uh, headhunters. Another thing that distinguishes us is that we don't take on every client. We don't. Um, we, we, we have a team meeting when a new client comes in. It's not just giving us a job order. We sit down, we have a Zoom meeting with them. We go, it's, a, it's at least a 45 minute to an hour meeting and we go through everything. We go through the nuances. We go through why the position's open, what kind of personality fits in, wh who left it and why, what was the successful traits of the last person? Um, what do you want to see? What don't you want to see? We go through everything. And a lot of things that, that we ask, they have never been asked. So we're very different in the way that we take a job order. And because we're small, and we are small, uh, I don't mind saying that, um, and we don't take on every client, we have more time to spend with the clients that we do take on. So we don't try to take on everybody. 
And I've even had clients say to me, well, will you take us? <laughs> you know, will you, will you take us? Are, are we meeting the requirements? And of course, what am I going to say? No, you're not. But, uh, but of course, you know, uh, that was, uh, I don't know, it, it, it inflates your ego a little bit, maybe too much. Right. Um, but that's a big difference. A lot of, uh, and we hire people from the industry. Um, so that makes us very different from even some of the $5 billion companies that are out there that are competitors. I don't mind going up against them. I don't, I'll go up against them anytime. Um, they don't have anything that I don't have. And a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times I have a better situation, um, than they do because they'll, they'll hire, um, anybody. Okay. Um, one of the uh, uh, major $5 billion uh, staffing agencies, they keep the recruiters three weeks on uh, getting job orders. Then they rotate them three weeks to uh, interview candidates and then uh, three weeks to um, do something else, right? So what happens is no one recruiter knows your firm. They don't know it. They can't know it. And the reason why they're doing that is because the turnover in some of these companies are, is 120%. That means it turns over and turns over again. So they don't want anybody walking out with their clients. So if they don't get too close to their clients, right, can't take anybody with them. So we don't do that. So um, there's a big difference. And uh, fortunately, we got very lucky. We have a five-star Google review, and um, that brings in a lot of business. Um, and we have a five-star Glassdoor review. Um, so pe people tend to like us. You know, they tend to like us. And if they don't, I want to know about it. I mean, we we do have a hum of shame. <laughs> We do, we do have a hall of shame, right? But I'll tell you this much, never in all the time that I've been doing this, have I ever had to refund a fee. I've had to replace, okay? Yes, sirree, I've had to replace. Not very often, but I've never had to refund a fee. Knock on wood, and if the placement goddess, she should be looking down on me, here's me, okay? I'll never have to refund a fee ever. Um, so we're, we're very different in terms of the quality, uh, in terms of the attention that you get, in terms of being very selective. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, we're very selective about our candidates. Uh, we don't just take on uh, anybody. We really understand what that person has done. So I'm, I know that makes us different. I know it does. Very Beautiful. definitely. Beautiful. I hope, I'm sure your clients see that as well. Um, I hope so. They keep coming back. So, you know, <laughs> and that's what we want. You know, keep them coming back. Come on down. Perfect. Yeah, that's what we want. Well, Sherry, that just about does it for today's episode. This was a great conversation, and I really appreciate you coming on to the Hiring State of Mind today. Um, for the people that want to know more about you and want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for someone to contact you? The best way is you can go to my website, estrinlegalstaffing.com. That's E-S-T-R-I-N, estrinlegalstaffing.com. Or send me an email, Sherry, let me spell it for you because there are 40 different ways to spell it, C-H-E-R-E at estrinlegalstaffing.com. Email is really the best way to reach me because I'm, I'm just always on Zoom, but I do get right back to you. And if I don't know the answer, I'll find it for you or I can point you in the right direction. But I would love to hear from you, whether or not you're in the legal field. Um, just look me up and I'm there for you. Perfect. And for the viewers out there, if you found value in today's episode, 
please like, comment, or subscribe to our channel so we can have more great guests like Sherry on the Hiring State of Mind.